Hi, my name is Joel Knox. I'm the senior pastor at the Vineyard Church of Brenham in Brenham, Texas. I'm so glad you're interested in our podcast. This media is completely free to you, so you can share it with anyone else, however you'd like. Our church is located at 1401 South Bluebell Road in Brenham at the corner of Tom Green Street next to the Bluebell Creamery and across from the Bluebell Aquatic Center. You can also find us on the web at vineyardbrenham.org and on Facebook and Twitter at Vineyard Brenham. Anyway, thanks again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. I think it might be easier to say, how many of you didn't know that one? Really? Oh my goodness. Well, good morning. I tell you what, I love being part of a small church because we could. There's so much give and take. You know, we can. It's it's not a big deal if you say something. You know, if you want to participate, that go right ahead. Well, that was the song. Come on, get happy. For those of you who might not have known, it was the intro song for the musical TV sitcom, The Partridge Family. Have you seen the show? How many of you saw it on the first time through? <laughs> that kind of kind of thins out the crowd a little bit. Well, I loved this show growing up. Well, uh, yeah. Well, and this is what happens. You know, I get to speak, so I get to, you know, anyway. But uh, so Susan Day... Well, I'll, see, I, I was a little kid, and I, was, I, I thought Shirley Jones was awesome. And, uh, yeah. And the show, the show starred Shirley Jones as the mom, and the late David Cassidy, who was also Jones' stepson in real life. Ladies? I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, you didn't know that. Yeah. He, he actually, he, it, it was, well, I won't get into all that. <laughs> I thought you knew it, um, but Shirley Jones played a widowed mother, and Cassidy played her oldest of five children, who together as a family embarked on a musical adventure. The show ran from September 25th, 1970 to March 23rd, 1974 on the ABC network as part of their Friday night lineup. And it ran in syndication for decades. Every now and then you might even get to see it like early in the morning or way late at night. And this was an interesting thing. The Partridge family was loosely based on a real-life musical family, the Cow Seals. Did anybody know that? Oh, a few of you did. Okay. That was news to me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They were a popular, a popular musical group in the 1960s and early 70s. Well, before I get started, and this is something that we've been doing for a few weeks, but I, I've, I'd like to, to hear if anyone has a testimony or perhaps a, um, a testimony of a risk or something that, that took place over the last few weeks. 
And I, now I realize, and as I was, I was thinking about this this morning, just opening up the floor is taking a risk. You know, you never know what somebody's going to say. We were talking about that, that, that this weekend. You know, you never know what, what someone's going to say. You give them a mic and, you know, so. But what, what I'm attempting to do in this is that I'm allowing space for us to, to risk. And I, I, hopefully I'm modeling that for you guys. And hopefully in, in the course of your week, you're looking for an opportunity where you might risk to see God show up in your circumstances. So would anyone like to, to share something? Maybe you, you took a risk this last week. Or you have a testimony of something that maybe God did and you'd like to let everybody know about it. Because those are the kind of things that build faith, right? We get excited when we hear what God's doing. Anybody? Okay. Oh, wait, uh, Tony. No, no, no. You, it, it, Kenny's coming to you. No. It, no is the mic on? Okay. It's on. It's on. Okay. Well, this risk um, doesn't really involve anyone else but me and God. Okay. <clears throat> and uh, I was uh, coming home from Bill and Lanny's, and uh, this was what day? The day we went out. Thursday. Thursday. Yes. It was recent. And I knew when I got to her house that the little light on my gas thing had gone on, so I knew when I left I was going to have to get some gas. Well, she's clear out in the country, as you know. <laughs> and so, um, anyway, I, uh, I left her house when we got home, uh, got up to the highway, and she called and said, you forgot to say goodbye. <laughs> and we were going to do a couple things. So I went back, stayed a while, and left again, praying that I was going to make it to a, a gas station. And... Um, <clears throat> I got back finally up to the uh, frontage road that leads down to Walmart, and I had put my car on cruise control at about 25 miles an hour, so I wouldn't, you know, use too much gas or touch the accelerator. And I'm going along, and it's just uh, all of a sudden slowing down and slowing down, and I'm like praying, you know, just asking for God's uh, help with this. Because I knew I was approaching that intersection of uh, the frontage road of 290 and 36. Well, you know what that's like right there by Walmart and Taco Bell. And uh, so all of a sudden I got to the, uh, the part of the hill that starts going down, and I started picking up speed. I started going faster and faster. And I thought, oh, Lord, protect me when I get to this intersection, but I'm going to do it. And I got down there almost to the intersection, and I had the green light. I knew I was going to have to turn right, and there were no cars this way, no cars this way. And But I, by that time, I'm going so fast, I just like, you know, screeched around that corner. <laughs> I got in the lane and turned into Walmart and got to the gas pump. And I never put the brake on from the time I left Lanny's house till the time I got to the gas pump. And it had run out on top of the hill. And, and the, but the, the speed from going down the hill took me right into the gas pump. And 
I mean, you know, but things like that happen all the time, you know, and, and those, are, those are God things. <laughs> okay. All right, Danielle. So I don't know, some of y'all may know that we did this this last weekend, but we, um, Thursday night through Saturday, kind of midday, we had a um, leadership retreat, and we were doing, excuse me, um, some work on visioning and planning, prioritizing things, and as a part of our retreat, we held it out at Serenity Retreat, which is one of our partners, uh, prayer ministry, and as part of our retreat, we scheduled in... Um, sessions of transformation prayer ministry and if you're interested in kind of what that is we can talk about that later but during my session when I went in um, for me it's always a risk because you know it's it's a safe space for you to just get really really honest with God and you talk to God and then um, the facilitators who are praying with you help you know they, they kind of step out of the way but they're helping you, you know, sort of get to the point where you're honest with God so that God can speak to you. And it, it was a real risk for me to share, you know, I mean, it, was, it felt public, but it wasn't. And I knew it was safe. I've done this, had these sessions many, many times, and I've been trained in how to facilitate these sessions for other people. But even just saying the things that I said to the Lord that day and the and hearing what he had to say back to me, such deep, deep truth, you know, just was powerful. And I shared it with Joel. I said, there have been a number of times when in these sessions I've experienced, you know, this was some, a lie I believed and this is truth. And then every now and then there's the deep truth that kind of wipes away a lot of the other lies that you believe, kind of all at once. And, you know, those are the doozies. And this was one of those doozies. It was a huge one for me that as I've checked back and checked on other things, I'm like, I I don't believe that anymore. I don't believe that anymore because of this one thing that the Lord shared with me. And I was able to say to him what I was really, really thinking. And it was, you know, sometimes it feels horrible to voice those things. But God knows and he loves us and he cares enough about us to draw that out of us and then to speak his truth and his love into our lives. So anyways. Okay. All right. Anyone else? Anybody else? All right, Kenny, hold on to that, that mic. We'll, we'll probably use it at the end of the service. Well, we, I, I want to continue doing that. And so I, I'm hoping that it will encourage you in the course of the week to look for an opportunity where you can step out and trust God for something that, that he's going to do. I have something I want to share, but I'm, I'm going I'm to wait and share it next week, It'll, and you'll, you'll find out. You'll have to come back next week to see what it was. But uh, how's that for the, the cliffhanger? Well, I'm continuing a series I started last week, and it's called, How Is Your Soul? And last week I asked each of us to take a personal inventory. Because, you know, it's the first of the year. So take a personal inventory. 
And ask yourselves this question, how's your soul? I mean, that's the part of us that lives on. You know, whenever, whenever we die, that's, that's the part of us that, that communes with the Lord. So as part of this, and I ask you to, to ask this question, did anyone take a personal inventory this week? Just sit down and just ask yourself, how am I doing? Anybody? I won't, I won't put you on the spot with Mike. Well, if you, if you sat down and you asked your soul, how, how are things going with me on the inside? What did your soul tell you? Have you ever taken that inventory and allowed yourself to, to express what's going on, the deep stuff? And I'm not trying to be to be esoteric or anything like that. I, I mean, just, just be real. How are we doing in the deepest part of us? How are we? Well, this week, I'm going to ask another question. I want to know, how's your family? That's why I played the Partridge Family song. I, I, I wanted to have my own Partridge Family when I was a kid. And, you know, and... and the crazy thing is, is that our, our entire family is musical. We've just not really done a lot of musical stuff together. I don't know how that worked out that way, but but how's your family? How's your family doing? I heard this story about a preacher who graduated from seminary. Right out of seminary, you know, green, wet behind the ears. And he took his first church, and it's out in this, this remote, far-off place. Let's call it West Texas. And so he'd been announced, and so everyone shows up. And so it's his first Sunday. And so he announced that he was going to preach on the sin of stealing. And everyone just erupted with shouts and hallelujahs and glory to God and, and, and amen. It was a great first week. Second week, he shows up and he says that he's going to preach on the sin of lying. And everyone clapped their hands and stood up in, in the pews and, they, and they, they shouted out glory to God and hallelujah and amen. Threw their hands in the air. Revival was taking place. Well, for his third week, he announced that he was going to preach on the sin of gossiping, and the whole church got quiet. <laughs> then a little old lady who sat down on the third row said out loud, Uh-oh, the preacher's done, he's done preaching, and he's done gone to meddling. Well, you might think that I've gone to meddling this week. But I want us to consider this fact. The nuclear family, and by that meaning the husband, wife, children, it makes up our closest relationships and interactions. And in living in such close proximity to each other, it's easy for those relationships to be taken for granted. 
Husbands, you see your wives at night. You see them in the morning before you go to work. You know they're going to be there when you get home. Wives, you see your husband before you go to work. And then you know that he'll probably be home from work at some point in time in the evening. Maybe you get home at the same time. Maybe you'll see each other and you'll talk about how the day went. And then if you have children, you know, at some point you'll be able to interact with them. And, you know, and so you'll, you'll see them at some point. Maybe when they, when they grow up and they move out of the house, they'll, they'll come back at some point in time. But, but you know, the, these relationships, they're important to us, but they're also easy to take for granted. Well, I want to ask us this morning, how are those closest to us doing? How, how, how are we doing? Done gone to meddling. Husbands, how's your relationship to your wife? How's she doing? How do you think you're doing with her? See, there's a different perspective there. And sometimes, you know, we think we're pretty close together and they could be as far apart as the east is from the west. Guys, do you listen to your wife? If you didn't know this, and many of you might, the number one complaint of women about their spouse is he doesn't listen or he just tries to solve my problems. I don't want a show of hands. <laughs> but how's your wife doing? Wives, how's your relationship to your husband? How's he doing? How do you think you're doing with him? Do you give your husband space when he's under stress? In the book, Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus, maybe you've read that book, men tend to retreat when they're under stress or they feel distressed. They retreat in order to try to cope with what they're feeling. And women, they need to talk it out. And so when things aren't going right, we start asking questions. How, how are you doing? How are you feeling? And, 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 and the words start coming and then and the guys just tend to retreat that much more. We don't have many kids in here today, but kids, how are things with you and your parents? Do you listen to, do you obey your parents? How do you interact 
with your parents. My daughter's on the front row, so uh, I'm trying not to. Yeah, 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 I sure will. And parents, there's a few of us here in the room. How are your kids? How are things at school? Who are their friends? Who do they hang out with? Who do they spend time with? What's going on in, in the relationships in their lives? Do they or will they talk to you? Do you listen to them? And now I realize in, in doing this, there, there are a few of us in the room who are, who are single. And I want to ask you, see, this is, this is the dynamic of, of the 21st century. A lot of times the family becomes extended. It may not be a biological connection. It may be through some kind of friendship. It may come through some kind of relationship that you have, either through work or through school or however. It's some sort of social connect connection, and you feel like this is part of your network. You know, where we who have family, their friends become family. How are the people in your network? Do you have a network of people? Now, in each of our closest relationships, I think we all have the same core problems. And they usually hinge on how well or how poorly we communicate with each other. And by communication, I mean interaction. You know, if, you're, if, if all you do is talk and the other person is listening, that's really not communication. Interaction involves reciprocal action or influence. In other words, when we communicate with someone, there needs to be a give and take. Maybe ask if you're making sense or just ask, what do you think about what I just said? Now, does that happen? And, I, and I, I'm just asking, does that happen in our closest relationships? You know, it's really easy for us just to go on like everything's okay and then, then one day... There, everything blows up and, and we, we look around like, what happened? And there were signs leading up to that, that blow up long before you ever got there. The Apostle James, in his letter to the early church, said this, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. The Stoic philosopher Epictetus, I think I said that right, and that was the best picture that I could come up with. 
He looks like a stoic. He seemed to echo James when he, he said this, and maybe you've heard, you've heard this guy and you didn't know it was him. We have two ears and one mouth so that we can listen twice as much as we speak. It makes a lot of sense to put it like that, but it's not part of our practice, is it? That's the exact opposite of what happens, especially whenever social media is involved. You know, things have gotten so inflamed in the past 10 years in regard to politics and social issues. I mean, everybody seems to have an opinion, and we always have. You know, and, and that was, there was a saying about that whenever I was in sports, and I can't say it in front of all of everybody and be polite, but we all have opinions. And today it seems like everyone is so quick to offer their opinion. Maybe it used to be like that, but it seems that it's a lot more rampant today because we now have a platform. And then whenever we offer our opinion, if someone disagrees with us, we either try to shut them down or we go with the attitude that we're going to set them straight. Have you ever tried to do that on a social media post? How'd that work out? Well, that attitude will destroy relationships, especially in a family. If you treat your family that way, you will be alienated from them. I can guarantee it's just a matter of time. And sometimes find yourself wondering what went wrong. You know, I, I'm entitled to my opinion. Why can't they just, just accept it and maybe do what I tell them to do? You know? Have, have you have you ever maybe I don't know I don't want to hear if that was you or but but I, I, I know myself. I, I'll just take responsibility for me. Well, I, I'm just telling them the truth. The issue that we have in a lot of cases in our, in our relationships is that we need to develop trust. And in order to develop trust, we have to earn the right to be heard before we ever speak. We develop trust by listening first. And I can tell you that trust today is so needed. There are so many people who feel violated. Whether they, they feel like they've not been heard or they've been ignored. And they want someone to trust. And so when you see people going to a, to a, a, a fringe group, let's just say that. They're going there because they've been accepted and they feel trusted. They, they feel like they can trust them. It doesn't really matter where they are in terms of the spectrum. They go there because they feel the connection. They feel wanted. They feel needed. And then they, they feel trust. 
The Apostle Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, gives some sound instruction in regard to family interactions. And I want to read this entire passage, and I'm going to read it from the message translation. I think it's, it's really clear what Paul was trying to get across to the first century church in Ephesians. So we'll, we'll begin in chapter 5, verse 21. Out of respect for Christ, be courteously reverent to one another good place to start. Wives, understand and support your husbands in ways that show your support for Christ. The husband provides leadership to his wife the way the church Christ does to his church, not by domineering, but by cherishing. So just as the church submits to Christ, as he exercises such leadership, wives should, should likewise submit to their husbands. Husbands, go out all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. His words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her. Dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. And that is how husbands ought to love their wives. He goes on to say that they're really doing themselves a favor since they're already one in marriage. And no one abuses his own body, does he? We don't abuse our bodies, do we? No, he feeds and pampers it. And that's how Christ treats us, the church, since we are part of his body. And that is why a man leaves his father and mother, and cherishes his wife. No longer two, they become one flesh. And this is a huge mystery, and I don't pretend to understand it all. What is clearest to me is the way that Christ treats the church. And this provides a good picture of how each husband is to treat his wife, loving himself in loving her and how each wife is to honor her husband. And children, do what your parents tell you. This is only right. Honor your father, your father and mother is the first commandment that has promise attached to it, namely, so you will live well and have a long life. And fathers, don't exasperate your children by coming down hard on them Take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. Have you ever read that passage like that before? I don't need to tell you that there are a lot of things that are wrong in our society. But I also need to say that none of these issues were formed in a vacuum. 
there were things that that led things to happen. There were reactions to actions that got us to where we are today. Just one of the biggest issues that we're facing involves the effect and influence of feminism in our society. Can I tell you that feminism as we know it came about as a reaction to the way that so-called Christian men treated their women, their wives, in previous generations. You read the Bible, the Bible doesn't discriminate against men and women. Paul didn't discriminate against men and women. He allowed for women to be just as involved in the church as men. I mean, you can read through the letters, you can read through Acts, and you can see how women were involved in the ministry of the church. But when women were kept from being involved in leadership, well, if the church is not going to acknowledge me, then I'm going to go and do my own thing. And what's happened? We see this this militant attitude towards the church. They're angry towards the church. The attitude is toward the church. They don't have a problem with Jesus. It's the church. Men were not using Paul's words, like we just read just a few moments ago, courteously reverent or respectful of women, and it caused them to revolt. And consequently, they never got to experience what it was like to be loved like Christ loves the church. Guys, I just want to talk to you here for a second. If you want your wife to honor and to submit to you, you first need to be a leader in your home. Be the kind of man that she can love and respect. And I guarantee you that she will support you in whatever you do. I've seen it in my, in my own home. Your love for your wife will make all the difference in her and in your kids. Because your kids watch how you treat your wife. So in the home, men, it starts and ends with you. Now, ladies, be supportive of your husbands and pray for them. And don't be manipulative. Can I tell you my wife's prayers have been more effective than anything that she ever tried to make me do in 29 years of marriage? Can I just say that? And ladies, encourage your husbands and make them better men. You see how, how this, this is an interactive thing. Men, we have our part to do. Ladies, we have our part to do. You have your part to do. I'm not a woman. 
We, but together we have our part to do. And for those of you who are parents, stay involved with your kids. Stay involved with them and get to know their friends. And turn off the TV. Get rid of the electronics if you can. You don't have to get rid of them forever, but take them away so that you can at least spend time with each other and you can figure out what's going on. You can share life together. Because your kids, they may act like they don't want it, but they need it. Am I preaching or have I gone to meddling? Be the kind of parents that are deserving of honor. Be those kind of parents. Be those kind of parents. And kids, honor your parents and pursue a relationship with God. Because if you do those two things, I guarantee you the Lord is going to move in you to love your parents. He'll help you do it. He'll help you love your parents. He'll help you in your relationship with your parents. And to you who are single, establish and nurture relationships that revolve around integrity and trust. Stick together and support each other. And for those of us who are in families, Seek out those who are single and make them part of our network. You hear what I'm saying? See, this is what we've been called to do. And what what we see happening in the world, people are, are looking for acceptance. They're looking for someone who will love them, someone who will who will support them. And when they come to the church, if we're leading with, hey, you need to, you know, it's, it may be not so much now, you need to cut your hair, but, you know, maybe, maybe you, need to, you need to change your, your lifestyle before you can come in and have fellowship with us. We need to leave with love. We need to leave with with the respect and, and reverence that Paul talked about. And I'm saying all that because I feel like the church has a great opportunity today. We can model a new way of living for our friends, for our neighbors, for our coworkers, for our family, whether they're close by or far away. We get to model this kind of life for our spouses and for our children. And we get to invite them into it. You hear what I'm saying? We can invite people into this. And God can use these relationships to bring about transformation that goes far beyond us. I mean, this is how you change the world. Loving on the people that are in your circle. 
and just gradually extend that circle. And we allow God to do that. But before we get ahead of ourselves, we've got to ask ourselves, how is our family doing? Now, before we close, I want us just to take just a couple of minutes. I want to invite the Holy Spirit. And I want to see what, what He might have to say to us. There are a few things that I, I feel like that, that the Lord wants to do this morning. But I, I want to just give space to see what, what the Lord might want to say. So if we can't hear just for, for a couple of minutes, let's get quiet before the Lord. Holy Spirit, we invite you to come. Come and have your way and speak to us in this, in this room today. Come, Holy Spirit. you can look at me. Would anybody like to share something maybe that the, you feel like the Lord spoke to you? Maybe an impression or... All right, Pam. Uh, Kenny? This was... During worship, we we sang the lyric "I love you" several times, and I felt like um, for some people we're singing that, but we don't really feel that, um, or it makes us a little uncomfortable. Say "I love you," and um, it just came to me that 
love has to come from the heart, and, 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 it, and it's a product of knowing somebody. Like if you're attracted to somebody, uh, then the next step is you, you want to get to know them. And then, and then when you get to know them, the love happens or it doesn't. Um, but it comes from that process as the more you see that person, and the more you see how they are, the more you see their character. Something changes from attraction to love. And, and I thought, people who are here, maybe you're attracted to Jesus. You can't really say, I love you to him yet. And nobody should feel bad about that, but it's just a matter of getting to know him. Because as you get to know him, that's when, that's when the love starts. And um, that's all. Anyone else? My name is Gabe Gano. We're visiting today. I was also touched during worship. I'd been praying to God to help me with my fears and my doubts. And the Holy Spirit came to me today and filled me up, and it cast out any fears and doubts that I had and reassured me in my faith and let me know that everything was going to be okay. That big knot in my back and my neck is gone. And uh, it was really, really touched me and just reassured me. And uh, we left our hometown on faith to God uh, a year and a half ago. Um, I was born and raised there. And uh, God, I guess, felt the need that we had to move. And uh, he's in us to Navasota during Hurricane Harvey. Mm-hmm. And we liked it, so we decided we moved on the, on the faith. And uh, since that time, things haven't really panned out the way that we thought they would. Mm-hmm. The feelings, the, anything. So we started doubting. But today, it just, it just hit me and uh, it just let me know that, hey, everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You're going to be okay. Just keep moving forward and keep the faith. Yeah. And... Uh, I just wanted to share that with you. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? You have something you... Okay, Danielle. So for those of you who are visiting, this is my husband. <laughs> um, and I thought he might say something about it, but he is very respectful and did not oh. <laughs> say anything about it. Um, this morning, and I had, did no, had no idea. I've been back in the back teaching 
uh, the kids for the, like the last few Sundays. So I didn't know what his sermon series was, let alone what today's sermon was going to be about. And this morning, I took a risk, and we woke up early for some reason or whatever, and I shared with him a way in which I felt neglected, that he was not paying attention to me. He was not hearing me, was not, you know, and I... Again, through many different ways, transformation prayer is one way that I've been able to seek for and ask for truth um, based on lies that I believed. And I've done this down through the years, and I checked this, and I'm thinking, is this just something that I believe? And it wasn't. It was actually something that he was doing. And so I took that risk, and I said, rolled over, (laughs) and said, I feel like you know, down through the years, this has been a habit. I know you love me. We've come, those of you who know our story, I mean, we have come miles from where we used to be. I mean, on the verge of divorce and all kinds of things. And he has so much respect and so much love for me. But this was one way that had just kind of been persistent and I've found ways to compensate for it. You know, if you're going to be over here you know, whatever, watching TV, you're doing this or paying more attention to that and it's taking up more of your time than I am, well, okay, I'll go over here and do something else. I'll, you know, and make myself feel better about it. And I took the risk and I said that to him this morning. And I don't feel like we're fractured or we're breaking, our marriage is not falling apart over it, but it was just something that was kind of persistent. And he chuckled, he laughed and said, (laughs) this is exactly what I'm preaching on this morning. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) You're kidding me, right? It's like, nope, this is what I'm preaching on. So when he's telling, when he's taking that being kind of forceful, I wanted you men to know and you wives to know too that he's preaching to himself when he says, men, it starts with you. He's Because that's exactly what he said. I am responsible for this. If you feel this way, It must be because there's something I'm not doing that you need. You have a very real need, and he thanked me for expressing that to him. And I feel, I don't feel preached at this morning. I don't feel talked down to this morning because I know he's heard me. And so he's talking from experience. I just wanted to share that with you, maybe peel the, the curtain back just a little bit to say, that I know that it's possible and I know he's talking about the truth because it just happened this morning. <laughs> so. Well, you've probably seen the, the, the commercial for the uh, Just Hair. You, I, I'm not just a spokesman. I'm also a member. Well, I'm, I'm not just a spokesman for, for this message. I'm, I'm actually participating in it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, does anyone else have anything you'd like to share? I, 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 because there, there's a couple of things that I want us to do before we go, and 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 I'd like to, I'd like to pray with you some more if we can, if you, if you're, if be okay with that. Um, but I, but I want us, I, I want us to, to pray. Husbands, I want you to 
Pray for your wives. Wives, pray for your husbands. We're going to make, make time for that. Now, it's, it's, it's noon, and, and I, we're, I know we're getting, getting late in the day. I, I, I hope it's okay to, to keep you a little bit longer. Um, we're not, I'm not going to drag it out, but I, I want us to have an opportunity to pray with each other. And same thing, parents and children, I want you to pray for each other. Give and receive ministry today. And for those of you who may not have a family member present, we want to also pray for you just the same. And I don't know how we'll be able to facilitate all this. And I'm, 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 while, while, I'm, while I'm, I'm talking, I'm thinking to myself, come Holy Spirit, Lord, you're going to have to make this happen. But I want us to, I, before we leave here, I want everyone to have received some sort of ministry, some sort of prayer before we go. Does that make sense? I, I want to just, just nod your head. Nod your head. If you, if you, if you didn't get it, I'll, I'll, I'll try to explain it again. But, um, but I want us to do those things. But first of all, and I, want, I, I just want to ask, if you're here in... And you, you, need, you know you need to make things right with God. Maybe you're, you're just coming to church and, you know, then you, you're feeling convicted. All it takes to make things right is just to confess whatever it is before the Lord. John said, confess your sins. And so that, that's, that's what it takes. And if you're here and you need, if you need prayer, if you need that kind of ministry. If you want someone to pray with you because you're not in a good place between you and the Lord. You know, I use, I use the term, you know, you're not on speaking terms. Well, you can get back on speaking terms today. But I want us to, I want us to pray for one another. So, and, and we've already got some stuff already happening here in the room. So, um, if we can, if you're, if you're here with your spouse today, I'd, if you can, just right there, let's just do a little holy huddle and, and turn and, and, and pray for one another. And, I, and I, I, want, I want you to pray prayers of a blessing over one another, okay? If you're here with, your, with, with one of your kids, I want you to do the same thing. And, and just, I, I'm going I'm to invite the Holy Spirit, and He's going to come, and He's going to put the words in our mouth, Okay? If you're here and, and you don't have someone to pray for you per se, like a spouse or a, a, a child or a parent, then I want us to, to gather in, 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 in our sections, if we could do that, so that we can pray for each other. And, and let, let's encircle these that don't have someone to pray with them. Okay, Did, am I making sense how we're going to do it? Holy Spirit, come. Move on us. If you're by yourself, let, let's circle up some way, somehow. <laughs>